Hi, welcome to the Vampire Journals podcast. I'm Quinn. I'm here with Daniel, and we're excited to bring you part two of our 2021 draft preview show. Uh, we'd like to start out again in the Ray Lewis League and present you with some more discussion about the keepers that we think are going to be kept for our upcoming draft this weekend. So enjoy the second part of our podcast, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Yeah. Um, can you Come on, down? man. Can you go down to the microphone on the bottom left? You just Where got it says mossed. Mute. Oh, you want me to mute it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dude, come on. Don't even mute it. <laughs> Why am I muting it? Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm not talking. I'm Jack, my man. Look, Quinn and I are trying to start a podcast empire, and we just uh... no, he's joking. That's where the that's where the advanced settings are. Click click the arrow next to the mute button. Yeah, 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 yeah. Click this arrow next to the mute button. This tiny, the tiny. Just log out. Hover over the mute button. And then delete your Zoom account. <laughs> this is the Vampire Journals podcast. Jay Moneybags has a bunch of players on his squad from last year. Uh, he almost had a playoff team, basically, but he ended up in the consolation bracket and uh, lost those games there. But he's got two great keepers, uh, I think. Um, in Travis Kelsey and C.D. Lamb, his wide receiver who's hopefully hoping for a breakout season with the Dallas Cowboys, and obviously Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the game. Other notable people is really interesting for Justin. Uh, we're going to have a developing story on this later, but he had uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, on the board still that he could have kept, but I think we need to not keep quarterbacks unless they're going to be one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the entire league, which Aaron arguably could be that. But I think we're looking at more dynamic quarterbacks as keepers nowadays who are going to be younger. The other people I want to mention are all free agents currently, and they're all running backs that were on Justin's team last year, and that's Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and Adrian Peterson. Mm. Justin's in a really interesting spot. He has no running backs worth their salt to keep on his roster, and he needs to keep Kelsey as an asset, and he should probably keep one of these wide receivers or maybe go with Aaron Rodgers or something. But he's in a very interesting rebuilding process with this Keeper League draft we're going into. And it's going to matter with his snake positioning, really, you know. Indeed. And uh, next up on the list, we've got Sandusky Shower. Finished at a four and nine record last season. Season prior to that, finished eight and five. Season prior to that, Sandusky Shower five and eight. So up and down ride for the guy. Uh, but I like his roster. Quinn, tell me, uh, somebody who's got somebody at running back, receiver, and tight end. Uh, plenty to choose for him in the keeper format, right? Yeah, I think he's gonna want to keep. I think this is like our two teams maybe or excuse me one of our three teams in our league that wants to keep a tight end and that's darren waller and then i'd keep another running back i keep aaron jones but notable he's got adam thielen aj brown as wide receivers like super solid players 
um, that if you didn't have Darren Waller on your team, you'd probably be looking at keeping one of them. Um, great wide receivers on both of their teams. And more importantly, they're on like, I think they're not in the situation that, um, say DeAndre Hopkins was in in the Texans when he was like the only truly notable wide receiver on that team so he was really getting shut down I love how AJ Brown both him and Adam Thielen have people on the opposite end of the field that are just as good so I feel like it makes it more balanced but he should really keep Aaron Jones and Darren Waller that's what I would expect uh Aaron Jones they've been saying for a couple years we're gonna see touchdown regression out of them but I think that certain players uh, do have that intangible ability to find the end zone. You know, uh, Daniel, I, I got to say, you, sir, are a good person to pick intangible qualities for people who make the end zone. Um, would you have picked anybody different? You. Yeah, would you have picked anybody different from Kyle's team? Do you like Aaron Jones and Darren Waller, or would you have picked a wide receiver or maybe his quarterback? Or what No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, Aaron Jones... That this Packers team is a team that's ready to win now. Uh, he did just get extended this offseason, uh, but Jamal Williams left. A.J. Dillon is now the backup, so I think that Aaron Jones could see even more receiving opportunities, uh, and I think that is going to be another offense that's going to be one of the top five in the league. Then in terms of Darren Waller, somebody who uh, Carr certainly established a quick rapport with, somebody who was uh, you know, a incredible athlete even among nfl tight ends and uh, he put up huge numbers last year and i i don't see much of a reason why uh Derek carr is going to be giving it to other people this year so yeah i think it's a perfect matchup it sucks that he has to let those big name wide receivers go but i think that's the uh the biggest uh, uh loud secret for this format of draft is that there's gonna be a lot of uh high-end wide receivers that are available early to go. I love it. Now, Daniel, I want to jump in a different direction instead of now going from the bottom of the league up, because I think a lot of us at the bottom needed some repair work. And you could see that within our keeper situation, they're not that um, balanced. I really think that two running backs as your keepers, unless you really have like some of the best players in the league, that's what you're really you should do. I think in this league, it's just such a valuable position, the way the snake draft works and you can't, it's not an auction in this sense yet so that you can't really, you don't have an option to try and buy your way out of these situations. You have to snake draft your way out of them and do them by making good decisions. I want to go the opposite. Now let's talk about some of the biggest players in the league who are going to be kept. And that's how we'll talk about the teams. And that's number one, Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's one of the best running back players in the NFL, he was injured last year, and he sat on Derek Babb's uh, bench. He was the anal fisters uh, GM. And so this year, I think he's going to stay. And Daniel came up with a great idea for me in coupling him and Joe Mixon off of Derek's roster to keep. Um, other than that, Antonio Brown and Kareem Hunt were the only other possible keepers I saw there. So he's got Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. That's going to be a running back, running back con uh, combination. And in this case, it's going to be the first other than mine with Austin Eckler and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but his is much more fashionable with Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey. All right, so what's the next team we're looking at? Well, who do you think the next biggest player in the league is, Daniel? Uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, that's going to go all the way, take us to Z-Hud. That's going to take us to Zach, Hud the stud. Six and seven last year. 
in the playoffs, finished fifth losing in the playoffs. Uh, but he's going to be coupling two of the favorite players of the league, Alvin Kamara and Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to keep a quarterback and he's going to attach himself to Patrick Mahomes. He only had really David Johnson at running back and Terry McLaurin as other people. So, but, but just packaging the idea that he's got Alvin Kamara and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Z HUD set for the draft. Yep. Lock it up. Throw away the key. See in the third round. That's what we call the biz. Um, but you know, if I just say the number three guy in the league, uh, would also be a running back. And I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say it's still Derrick Henry, Daniel. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Let the league in rushing and touchdowns each of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, no reason other than about 50 years of history with running backs that would say uh, he's going to slow down anytime soon. Um, so I think if he were on my team, he that, that you still got to keep him. I think you have to keep him until he tails off. Um, and so who does he belong to? He belongs to dun, 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 cross-eyed Dilfers, folks. They finished nine and four last year, one spot ahead of Hud the Stud in the playoffs, finishing fourth in the league. And Scott's got a great team. He had Saquon Barkley, who went on the IR last year, and then he also had Derrick Henry. So he kept those, I believe those were his two keepers the previous year. I think he's going to do the same thing, keep them again. Uh, sorry, hang on. I got a text from work. Was it Matt? Was Matt texting you at work? No. Nah. Hi, I'm Larry Fisher Sr. And I'm Larry Fisher Jr. And here at Fisher VCR Repair, we know that family means something. Like family means fixing a VCR. Everybody remembers those homemade moments, family moments recorded, or the sex tape you recorded with your first wife. Tonight, Larry Fisher Sr., 45, and Larry Fisher Jr., 29, were arrested for possession and conspiracy to make bootleg cough syrup here in our local town. Found over 200 gallons of the stuff. The shop has been around for over 30 years, located on the corner of Wilshire and 2nd, and police came there and broke in and arrested the two gentlemen who have had this VCR store for some time as a front. We'll be right back after this. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attached ships sawed fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in darkness down the gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like 
tears in the, in the rain. Time to die. And we're back with the meat and potatoes portion of the podcast spot to you by meat and potatoes industries. When you need shipping and you need it food, meat and potato shipping. Quinn, I'm going to run down my top 15 fantasy players by position heading into draft weekend. And I've got my finalized list absent any injuries. I think there's only one player that's been injured since I've created this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to go over this and point out three players that stand out to you. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Excellent. So let's get kicked off with the quarterback position. It should be no surprise at the top of the list. I've got Patrick Mahomes, followed by Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford round up the top 10. Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Atlanta's Ryan round up 11 through 15. Quinn, who jumps out to your eye on this list and why? You asked me to to pick, say, three people that stick out of this 15-person list. And you know what? I'm going to do it even better. I'm going to list three people that were together in your rankings. And I'm picking six, seven, and eight in the quarterback list. That's Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert. And I think those three are amazing value if we're talking value, but I think they're just awesome players to watch, enjoy and develop and kind of put your whole season behind because I think Kyler Murray's he's one of these decisive runners and passers who's getting better in the league. And then Dak Prescott coming back off his injury. And then finally we moved to Justin Herbert, who I think could be the best of all three of those as one of like the new era of just pocket passers in a way, who's going to be the next generation. Um, And I think those three guys you could get because that's also five away from your top five, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Jackson and Rogers say all those guys got auctioned off at some point. And people now have at least got one of their starters. If not, a couple teams have picked up maybe their backup as well from that area. And now I'm looking at these people, they're going to be going for like a dollar or something like Josh Allen did the first year. Yeah, most definitely. And then even if you look at like some of the names just behind that six, seven, eight range, they're players that are either typically sentimental picks or players that people in our league seem to be prone to drafting. So it would not surprise me at all for Tom Brady, number nine on my board, to be drafted by Robbie. Matthew Stafford now with the Rams is a hot pick, number 10 on the board. Then people like Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, hot young innings, and Matt Ryan, another quarterback that us in the league are just used to drafting year over year. So it wouldn't surprise me when it gets down to getting that $1 second quarterback um, that some people maybe have taken a second quarterback before a name like maybe Justin Herbert has come off the board as QB1. Um, And so let's transition from quarterback over to running back. 
where we're going to take a look and it should be no surprise again that number one on the list is Christian McCaffrey, followed by Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Derrick Henry in the top five. Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Nick Chubb with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running out the top 10. And 11 through 15 are Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, uh, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, and Antonio Gibson. Dobbins just suffering a season-ending knee injury. So who I'm going to pencil in there is the second of the Alabama Harris brothers, uh, Damian Harris, the second-year running back for New England. All right, let me list my three. My three are going to be uh, in a row again, and it's going to be your 8, 9, 10 spot. And that's going to be Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think picking up one of these guys for under $30 would be like the steal of the entire draft. But if you can wait long enough for everybody to have gotten, you know, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Elliott, Henry, Aaron Jones, maybe Austin Eckler's already been picked. Perhaps Joe Mixon's been thrown on the board before, uh, you know, like Nick Chubb or something. But if you can keep these guys off the board in the, and keep them lower where they're actually going to be showing up on the, on the rankings, then I think they'll go for cheaper. And they could be really cool ads because I think Barkley's going to come back with a vengeance. I think Nick Chubb is really good, and he's going to want to help, you know, Baker Mayfield out. And more importantly, a sophomore showing from Hilaire is like got to be way better. So that's my thinking. My my thinking, my theory is that at least three of the five of you guys that are going to be drafting think this. At least three of you think that you're going to get Clyde Edwards Hilaire on a steal. I I really think that that three, two to three of y'all are going to go in there expecting to get him super cheap, and he's going to be the one that ends up getting bidded up potentially into the thirties, even if he's the 10th running back off the board. Right. Um, I do want to talk about, I want to talk about numbers in this sense too. Cause like talking about drafting, you know, you just listed 15 running backs and they might be in your 15 or someone else's 15 or not in other people's, you know, situations. But if we drafted, we're probably going to want to draft all these players period. Right. I mean, if you think about it, because there's five players to draft, we have, you know, um, two two starting running back roles. You're going to want to back both of those up in a sense. So you're at least at four. So even if like half the league only took four and the other half the league took five and we kept it at low numbers of running backs kept, that's still 23 running backs to take, right? right? Yeah. So we're going to take all 15 of these guys, people. and We don't want to leave any of these sleeping, including Antonio Gibson, including Damian Harris, including James White. I think James White is in the top 25 still, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'm I'm thinking that we would hopefully, you know, want to make sure that, at least he's given the given a look, maybe considered. I'm going to zag on you where you zigged. I think if you guys really had any balls, none of you would draft Alvin Kamara at all. That would really teach me a lesson. <laughs> and uh, that's that's you know that's your purview as the vampire for sure. Um, you know, a running back you didn't list was uh, Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's going to have, a, like, I think one of his biggest starting roles in years uh, this season. Yeah, and if you'll remember, uh, he was born and raised in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so he's now just playing his pro ball right down the road in Tampa. 
uh, he's joined the Buccaneers and their swashbuckling ways. I'm sure they have a need for a magician on board. Um, you know, the magical thing about Bernard is he's somebody who's a veteran that knows the job and is able to catch passes and he's very shifty. I, I think that we, we really don't know who's going to get the lion's share of the touches at running back in Tampa, but with what's expected to be another high powered year of offense, uh, I, I would definitely have the, the sharks circling in the water for either Ronald Jones or Gio Bernard at a super low price. Here with co-host Quinn Carson as we do our most investigative reporting yet. Yeah, Daniel, uh, you came to me with quite a story and we had to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, what started with some casual fun based off of a player picture and then progressed into roster reliance due to injuries resulted in what could be the story of the century. Yeah, let's not downplay this. You literally saw a picture and it made you think of something you'd heard of from a story. And so you, you, you looked it up to see if it was connected. Yeah. Once we started connecting the dots, we saw that this went back hundreds of years across the Atlantic Ocean, has ties to Pope John Twelfth and St. Thomas Aquinas. Find out what that has in common with Joe Mixon. That and more on this episode of the Vampire Journals podcast. In October 1827, in the Tuscan village of Cortona, Gio Bernardini was born to Luca Bernardini, a local horse doctor, and Gianna Vespucci Bernardini a teacher and heir to a small fabric fortune. The third of four children, Gio displayed an early curiosity to silliness and showmanship, was a big fan of traveling circuses that would come and go through town. Here's Cliff Fairground, circus historian from Asheville, North Carolina. Hell, back then in Italy, circuses were the main form of entertainment for families. And tigers were all over these circuses. Hell, they were the main way of having a good time. Oh yeah, circuses would travel all around Europe, and it was very common to have tigers. You know, circusing was still a big way of life, even back People like me have been going to circusing for generations. I wouldn't be surprised if I had some circus blood in me. You know, contrary to popular uh, opinion, circus is a nationality. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you can track circus in the blood. I wouldn't be surprised if Bernardini found some circus blood in him that first night. That was a preview from last year's Halloween episode we did called Cincinnati Magic. If you'd like to hear the rest of that. A short Halloween special we made. Uh, Daniel and I were really happy about that. It's VJP number 26. So give it a listen. We're really happy about it. Let us know what you think. And uh, back to the pod. Now, you didn't have Josh Jacobs in your top 15. Or um, someone else I really like is Raheem Mostert. What are your thoughts about them, Daniel? Do you think that those people will be drafted into the league? 
yeah, I think as we talked about expecting, you know, anywhere from 23 conservatively up to maybe 30 running backs drafted. Um, I think that those players will probably be off the board. Uh, Raheem Mostert for me just concerns me from a durability standpoint. We know that uh, the 49ers under Shanahan like to split carries and ride the hot back. And he's had trouble uh, fulfilling a lead back role for a long period of time. He's somebody super fast and explosive uh, and has a track record putting up big numbers, but not a consistent track record of doing it for the length of a 16, now 17 game season. And uh, I'm sorry, remind me of the other running back you said there, Josh Jacobs. I actually am a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I think he'll be drafted, but the problem uh, for him, and it's a good problem for the people in the league, is that I think his his value is deflated because they, they don't utilize him in really great ways in terms of somebody who came into the NFL draft uh, hyped up as a pass catcher and just Oakland, now Las Vegas, I guess, shows like zero confidence in throwing him the ball. Uh, he got a lot of a ton of goal line touches. Uh, he's somebody who's played through injuries uh, and has put up a lot of yards in his first two seasons. So I think he's a tough back and a really good back. I just don't like the way that the Raiders use him. And then they signed Kenyon Drake this offseason to contract. And so I just think he, he finished somewhere in like PPR scoring around RB 11, somewhere between like nine and 11 last year. And mm-hmm. I just don't know that. I, I think that's really kind of like a ceiling for him. Um, but he's somebody again, a la Stefan Diggs last year, like you'd be thrilled if you got him for $1 and he's your running back four or five. You just like, if you get in a pinch where he's $12 for your running back three, it's not the same kind of value. Mm-hmm. Chase, why are you drinking Diet Dr. Pepper? What? I like Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Drink a goddamn beer like a man. Yeah, they, they cut like uh, the don't you know, Chase, he's been drinking Diet DPs all his life, bro. Dr. Pepper. Created in the 1880s by pharmacist Charles Alderton in Waco, Texas, and first served around 1885, Dr. Pepper was first nationally marketed in the United States in 1904. Now sold in Europe, Asia, North and South America, Australia, and as well as New Zealand. You can find Dr. Pepper in South Africa as an imported good. And variants include Diet Dr. Pepper and additional flavors. I used to drink like four Dr. Peppers a day when I was a kid. It's like Kentucky Deluxe at that point, you know? I was... 80% other spirits. When you drink that many calories... uh, I had to cut it down, so. Just don't drink it at all. Then you don't have to worry about the calories. I like to waste my calories on beer now, so. 28 bucks for Tyreek Hill. Come visit the Dr. Pepper capital of the world. Our company sells more Dr. Pepper in the Roanoke Valley area of Virginia than in any other metropolitan area east of the Mississippi River. Roanoke is approximately 90 miles east of the hometown of Dr. Charles T. Pepper, which is Royal Retreat, Virginia, and 30 miles east of Christianburg, Virginia. John William Bill Davis opened the first Dr. Pepper plant east of the Mississippi and Roanoke in 1936. Subsequently, the city was named the Dr. Pepper capital of the world and broke world records for its mass consumption of Dr. Pepper in the late 1950s. 
Dr. Pepper donated a portion of its sales revenue in the Roanoke area to finance restoration of a circa 1950s neon Dr. Pepper sign, which was the company's 10 to 4 logo for a time. In downtown Roanoke, in October 2015, the city declared October 24th, 10 to 4, to be its official Dr. Pepper Day. Daniel wanted to say that <laughs> that we're back. We're going to take a look at his list, his top 15 wide receivers. You know, Daniel did some good work for us. He went out and he made 15 rankings of the top 15 players in each position. But we all know that 15 is not enough to get a good a picture of who all is going to get drafted. <laughs> so he's leaving a little questionable. So do your research, folks. There's more people out there that we have to for sure draft. Okay. I just didn't want to name the players that might slip through the cracks. It was very intentional and vampire-based, okay? If I, I talk it. about 15 through 25, I'm going to have nobody left for week one, okay? And I think the next position – we're talking about it like just thinking about it in big picture is really interesting in how it's turned around in fantasy football as a wide receiver position. Definitely. Um, so with 17 draft positions, a somewhat even roster with taking three quarterbacks, mind you, um, would be three quarterbacks, five running backs, five wide receivers, two tight ends, and only taking a defense and a kicker with no backups there. Mm-hmm. And I like this combination of taking two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and then uh, two de- like either two defenses or a kicker, and then leaving you a chance to get, say, five running backs and five wide receivers. But I think the real best combination is taking two quarterbacks, two tight ends, a defense and a kicker, but then taking uh, 11 position players on the running back and wide receiver area, either six and five or, you know, five and six, whatever you want to do. But I think there's an opportunity to take like six wide receivers on your team and still have like a healthily balanced team. For sure. Again, I don't want to tell you all how to beat, but yeah, my, my thing in the past few auction drafts has been as long as somebody takes an extra kicker and somebody takes an extra defense, then I don't necessarily need to. And I can figure out a trade down the road because the player that I can draft instead might end up being Kareem Hunt or AJ Brown or, you know, Hunter Henry, like, um, and that, that's not to say that that's the right way to draft. And again, I say it with that caveat, because if I get to the last couple of rounds and nobody's taken a second kicker or a second defense, uh, I might feel much more inclined to go ahead and secure that because it, it goes both ways. You can leverage what you have, uh, to somebody else who needs it. And so, you know, just my way of doing that would be one kick or one defense. As long as there's extras out there, I'll figure it out. And what we've seen in the past is that the vampire has been often willing to supply extra kickers and extra defenses into the league pool. Totally. So my wide receivers, um, I hang on. Let me, yeah. I was about to say list. like, yeah, my wide receiver thoughts yeah. were pretty much, there is that i think we should be trying to take a lot of these skilled peoples to also keep them out of the vampire thing and make him have to steal players that he needs you know and And like you said wide receivers very deep so none of these names are going to surprise anybody but Devontae adams tyree kill stefan diggs uh deandre hopkins and calvin ridley top five dk mecca keenan allen 
Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, Mike Evans round out the top 10. Then Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, CeeDee Lamb, Adam Thielen round out my top 15. But like you said, at least 25, I would imagine, because you hinted to it, uh, you know, used to feel bummed out if you had to play a wide receiver player in the flex position. Nicole's always running back there. And as this league has transitioned to a more pass heavy offense, it's almost a necessity to be playing a wide receiver in the flex, unless you have insane riches at the running back position. Mm -hmm. And also I want to comment too, that some of the people that I like that aren't even on there are people that might be a cheap Julio Jones. Now we're talking auction draft and not snake stuff, but a cheap Julio Jones, some of the wide receivers from Pittsburgh, like Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool. Claypool. Yes. And then I think that with Mac Jones throwing the ball in for the Patriots, someone like um, not Nikhil Harry, but the other guy, Jacoby Jacoby Myers. Myers. Yeah. Yeah. Like he might even be purchasable for like a dollar just to get him in there. Like I'm almost thinking like depth chart guys, like seriously, like, like people that are actually going to be getting a lot of playing time are going to be worth it to be in the league. Because again, if we've got the people that are doing playing time and we're not handcuffing too many players, you know, then I think that we end up with all these skilled players that are active, but they're on our bench. And if our benches are scoring a lot of points, that means that we're taking that away from the vampire just as much as our starters are. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. One of the few leagues where you would not be truly frustrated that your bench is putting up huge point totals. Yeah. Cause it's a side, you know, caveat to that. And going back to your list, you had Adams, Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Metcalf, and Allen. And then my three in a row, again, is the 8, 9, 10 spot, where I feel like these guys, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and Mike Evans, are not gotta-haves, but in a sense, it's like anybody, if, if, if all those first 10 go, and you haven't really established like your wide receiver two, or your wide, and especially right. if you haven't established a wide receiver one, like yeah. baby, it's a huge drop off in, for, especially sure. on your list in particular, yeah. from Mike Evans to Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, yeah, Robert Woods, sure. Ceedee Lamb, unproven, Adam Thielen, knees, you know, yep. Yep. so it's like you know, it's a huge drop off from the first ten on Daniel's list to the next ten, so you really need to like spend some money on someone. Yeah, that's interesting. With five teams, yeah, one through ten would fill out wide receiver one and two for all five players. Uh, but I would feel good with any of those ten players really being my wide receiver one, to your point. Uh, but in a six-team league, if Allen Robinson's my wide receiver number one, uh, I love him as a player, but I'm a little worried about my squad. Yeah, 100%. And then when you bring in someone like, you know, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, like these people that have been with quarterbacks that throw a lot of touchdowns, Sure. you know, you're trying to use them in the flex. You're not trying to rely on them in a vampire league when, you know, our scores are mostly going to be over a hundred for sure. If we're doing our thing, right. Yeah. You know, you know, that so. doesn't even cover like the plethora of rookie wide receivers are getting a ton of hype, you know, Devonte Smith in Philly, Jalen Waddle uh, in Miami, Jamar Chase, not getting a ton of hype, but has a high pedigree of the first round pick uh, out in Cincinnati. Uh, we tend to see rookie wide receivers pop every year as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if any all uh, any of those fall on the radar of the five players drafting Sunday. Uh, we're down to the final skill position. Uh, that's tight end, Quinn. Uh, I know that's your favorite position. You grew, you grew up playing tight end, right? Mm-hmm. 
the Luminade Packlight Spectra USB Portable Solar Lantern as seen on Shark Tank. It's powered by solar use and also powered by USB with an internal battery capable of running for over 24 hours. The Luminate Packed Light Spectra offers nine color changes and nine modes of color changes. Packs flat and can also be inflated. The solar panel design allows it to be charged anywhere. It's water resistant. 12 hour max runtime and two years of storage life. Floats, recharges in 10 hours of direct sunlight. Luminate, the maker of brilliant things, is proud to bring you the Packlight Spectra USB. All right, Quinn, we're back and we're in business and we're talking about your favorite position, of course, that is tight end. Player that's expected to both block and catch passes. They can be some of the most versatile playmakers in the game. Are you ready to run down the top 15? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Here we go. Again, none of these number ones should be a surprise. Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, followed by Darren Waller, George Kittle, rookie Kyle Pitts, and Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson round out my top five. Followed by Mark Andrews, Logan Thomas, Evan Ingram, Mike Gesicki, and Tyler Higby finishing the top ten. Noah Fant. Johnu Smith, Robert Tanyan, Dallas Goddard, and Hunter Henry ran out the top 15 on my tight end big board. And it's probably the most difficult list to find three people in a row like I've done the rest of the way. I'm going to have to come all over the place. <laughs> my first mention, which I think could be a flyer, I guess, as they put it, which for me would be a late round, you know, just right. It's like real cheap late round kind of guy um, is going to be Hunter Henry for the Patriots. I think yeah. just because it'll be interesting to see if Hunter can stay healthy and play for, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing that he's been there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the one reason he's on this list is because we're all Arkansas guys. And so I know somebody sitting there, looking at taking a second tight end and they're going to spend a dollar on Hunter Henry. Yeah. And to be you know honest, what? someone's probably going to bid $2 on Hunter Henry. That's true. That's true. Um, I would say too, that in all these like number games, I just played with the roster stuff. I'm, I'm taking at least two, two tight ends. I want to say that in the early era, we might've had some people not take a tight end yeah. because they paid a high dollar for like an early George, George Kittle or Kelsey at the time. I think it was you. Yeah, I think it was it year I'm, one. Year one, I think you only took one tight end. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a crazy year, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, let's go back to the number. So Hunter Henry, the bottom one for fifteen, is is the number you've got there for him, and I'm down with that. The number two guy I would pick um, is Kyle Pitts, like you talked about. Yeah. So yeah, definitely Kyle Pitts. I think the hype is real for this guy. We've seen. Bad examples of rookie tight ends taken in the first round being impactful from a fantasy standpoint year one. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's a running cliche, but Kyle Pitts is not a normal tight end. His athleticism, speed, route running abilities are going to fit in perfectly uh, to replace the target share that Julio Jones had been seeing in the last few seasons. Uh, he and Calvin Ridley, I think, would be 
really exciting to couple in fantasy if Matt Ryan wasn't their quarterback. And that's just because I've seen so many mediocre Matt Ryan performances over the last maybe eight years or so. Um, and it's just hard to get excited or trust him as a QB one. Um, you know, he was number 15 on the list might be somebody worth a QB two one dollar. Uh, but Kyle Pitts is quarterback proof. I just wouldn't couple him with Calvin Ridley um, just because I think it would be really disappointing to see Atlanta flounder week after week. And also, if you ever, you know what I hate about tight ends is the second string tight end guy. That's the worst, especially in leagues when you're able to use the waiver wire is because you get someone like a Kyle Pitts, but then his backup is Hayden Hurst, and perhaps something happens where Hayden scores like two touchdowns in a game. You know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think if you're just, yeah, if you're going like head-to-head position to position, trying to gauge your your level against the vampires, <clears throat> and you're just giving the positional check mark, the, the easiest way to get a quick check mark against an early vampires with a tight end advantage. You know, you're not going to find people with the same production level as Travis Kelsey on the waiver wire Uh, that does not happen very often. Um, And so that's one of the most automatic advantages over the vampire that you can have as a quarterback or excuse me, a tight end advantage. Right. So, yeah. And the way this list went interesting, it was like the top and then it was the rookie. And then it was the Arkansan who's in like a way better team system for tight ends, as we know, historically with Rob Gronkowski and all the other tight ends that have been great, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, well, Daniel, I think that's the end of part two of our 2021 draft show. We're going to finish up looking at the keepers for the Ray Lewis league in our third installment. And also we have a special, discussion about the challenge one of our favorite tv shows and so i think it's going to be really cool to break down position by position who we think some of the greatest challenge competitors and some of the greatest challenge seasons have ever been if you haven't watched the show daniel got me hooked on it um over quarantine pretty much it's really good and i like it and we're going to talk a little bit about it next episode following that episode you will get the 2021 draft show in which we'll have a dual uh, draft with the Ray Lewis might have done it league and the vampire journals podcast is proud to present our 2021 vampire league auction draft. So we hope you all enjoy that and look forward to it. So please uh, like, and subscribe. You guys have a good time. See you next time. Bye.